hey, Jim, look around the room right now. Everyone is here because of you. The moment I heard those words, it changed everything for me. And yet it changed nothing because I truly am what I always felt I was. I'm the connector. That clarity is what brings me to you and what drives this show, the Remote Start Podcast. Here, I connect my lifelong passion for bringing people together with my love of business and branding in hopes that these talks might better connect your community with what your company is all about. So let's figure out your brand. Let's figure out the target audience you want to serve and how we can use these two things to create an incredibly strong community for your business. I'm your host, Jim Doyon. Let's get something started. Remote Start Nation. As you know, I traveled the country for two years in an RV with my family prior to relocating to Salt Lake City last year. This episode's guest and I share an absolute love of travel and exploring as she's been on an adventure, traveling the world, running a business, and living the lifestyle many dream of. Today, we are going to be talking with the very exciting and adventurous Maria Pelle, founder and CEO of Maria Pelle's PR, on her adventure running a business from remote destinations, as well as diving into public relations and what us as business owners should be doing to grow our reach. Maria, welcome to the Remote Start Nation. I'm honored to have you. Hey, how's it going? It's going fantastic. I, although, you know, I'm a little jealous because I, I want to start off by asking, where are you right now? Okay, so I'm in Roatan, which is a little island off of Honduras. Um, and it's incredible. It's so, so nice. We just got here a couple of days ago. That's so cool. Yeah, it's uh, 40 degrees where I'm at right now. So oh, no, it sounds incredible. Yeah, I can't do cold. I was, I was back in San Diego last week and even 60. I was like, nope. Wow, even 60. <laughs> yeah. I would, I've been so excited about 60 right now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. So I, why aren't you making us even more jealous for those that are going to be watching this on YouTube? Why aren't you making us more jealous and actually showing us the background of the ocean? Okay, so I'm actually at a co-working space that does, have, like, I can go out to the balcony and the beach is right there. But I, ha I was on a Zoom meeting the other day and my computer overheated and just, like, clicked off. meeting. <laughs> so I think that I'm, like, I'm in, like, a little pod now and I think it's safe. The internet's really good. It's temperature controlled. So it would be a better idea. And I, 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 later in the episode, I definitely want to hit on like, cause I know for me finding good internet and a, a good place to work when I was on the road was so hard. It was like one of the most, you know, difficult things about the travel or the stress I'd say of just like making sure you're set up your meetings and all of that. So I want to get into that more, uh, down the, in, uh, later in the episode, but you know, first I'd like to know, like, tell us something about you that we wouldn't know if, if we had just met. Okay. Yeah. And so my whole thing, I, I started scuba diving like last July and now that's just, it is who I am now. I'm, that's my whole being now. <laughs> so I just travel the world. I choose where I'm going based on where the scuba diving's is really good. And I can do, I just conduct business from there. That and, is so awesome. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll do this for a while. And then I want to retire to and go to an alpaca farm somewhere in like Peru or something. What? What? I mean, that's, that is really cool. And yeah, we wouldn't know that about you if we just met you. Tell me, tell me more on that. 
Okay. So, I mean, so I grew up with horses and all of that good stuff. And, you know, like horses are great. Um, I think I ended up like hurting my back pretty bad and it just wasn't in the cards for me anymore. But like, I still had my goats. I had a goat named Cecil and he was incredible. And I, I haven't stopped thinking about him ever. So I think that that will, you know, my whole journey has been finding peace of mind. And I don't think there's a, a better way than just raising goats in retirement. That is so cool. Well, I look forward to well, following your journey. And, and one one of these days, uh, you know, when everything switches from scuba diving to to the farm and goats, farming, I'll remember yeah. this. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. What's your story? Where'd you start? Yeah. Okay. So it's been, it's been a while. So I, I guess in 2018, I started a marketing company. We started as Accelerate Marketing. Um, I started it with an ex-partner, which I would never recommend anyone doing. It's not fun when you split up. So um, we rebranded into Maria Palais Marketing, I guess maybe that was in 2020, um, right in like the peak of COVID. Um, that was a wild time. Um, I had started, so well, to back up a bit, I started in the marketing and marketing communications department of Airbnb. Okay. Um, and I was working that and I, I loved it, but they, it just a series of circumstances. Then the project that I was working on was coming to a close. They wanted me to move up north and I just didn't really want to do that because I was in Southern California. And so I... I decided to move on and I was working at a publishing company and I was commuting into LA from Long Beach. Uh, it was a nightmare. I would, I think that's where I vowed that I would never work in an office again. I was spending three and a half hours commuting every day. Yeah. And I would just, I would put on like Bob's burgers on my phone, like in front of my dashboard and just sit and watch cartoons on my, my track bag. <laughs> It was so miserable. So then I, and like a lot of, a lot of my planning for this marketing company came from just sitting on bumper to bumper traffic on the 405. And so I just kind of decided to take the leap and do it. Um, hopefully my parents aren't watching because I just straight up delivered weed for, to fund this company. It's a, le it's legal in California. I just want yeah. to preface that. It's like, <laughs> When Eve's, when Eve's first started, they had like these great, like when any good, like, you know, Postmates or start, they pay you really well and they give you perks. And so I'm thinking that. Um, and that's basically how we got funding for this marketing company. Um, and then, you know, so we had the turnover in the, the part, the partners that became just my company. And we were focused pretty heavily just on food. Um, so you've got hit pretty hard during COVID, uh, like restaurants and such. So I was helping various shops. We, we went into patisserie for whatever reason, but um, a lot of shops trying to e-commerce um, and be able to sell things online because it was, it was hard for all of us, but especially for them. And we did that for a while. Um, I would say COVID wasn't even the hardest part for us as a company. Uh, it was probably like a year after COVID when 
you know, funding was no longer available, like PPPs ran out, all of that good yeah. stuff. And so that was actually harder because the company, I mean, we didn't, we didn't utilize all of the different loans, but I, I think a lot of our clients were. And so then they were running out of money. And it was like this new wild economy where no one really knew how to navigate it at all. And so it, it was kind of, it, it dropped. And, and so we had to, that was like, I think we're at pivot number two now, right? Um, so yeah. we had to pivot again. Um, and I got introduced to this company. Um, a lot of my friends are in EO. And I got introduced to this company who is games, like video games. They take video games, turn them into board games, stuff like that. Um, and so we kind of pivoted and we started working a lot more along the game side of things, which kind of opened doors in technology. Cool. Um, and that was great. We work a lot on referrals and we do prospecting on LinkedIn and stuff like that, but we've, we've been a lot of just referrals. Um, and that went well for a couple of years and then I just, I hit a wall with marketing and my entrepreneurial journey really just in general um, yeah. I was just so unhappy because I I mean and the number one mistake that I made which was like totally avoidable because everyone told me this in advance was that I needed to be making a lot of money to be happy and so I based my whole like everything around that and yeah. so money came money went it came again and it was, you know, and so I was just miserable when things wouldn't go right. And then I was just like very like, and then you just can't, you can't play that yo-yo game, right? You have to be like this. Yeah. And so I built this, like all of my minds was built around making a lot of money and I hit a wall. Like I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want, I, I knew I didn't want to go back to work being for anyone else but i also yeah. knew that i put this was unsustainable so um how many years ago did you hit that wall about a year and almost a year and a half ago okay. um so we pivoted again kind of uh we just started doing like personal brands on linkedin we called it linkedin pr because you know we were we were working on people's personal brands, um, but we were also booking them opportunity through LinkedIn. Um, and we kind of shut down the other part of the marketing. I was like, let's just be really good at one thing. And I think that will make things less complicated for me. Um, Do you feel, I want to stop you there really quick. Do you feel like focusing on just a, a larger, broad range of marketing instead of honing in on just that? Do you feel like that was kind of leading to some of that, you know, unhappiness that you were talking about. Yeah, I think so. Um, it was just too much. Yeah. And, you know, we were working with a very young, young team as well. And uh, I think just like collectively, it was just too much, right? Like trying to, really trying to train people who had noticed this was just like, we had a lot of right out of college people working for us and we were trying to keep them motivated. And I was trying to, you know, keep the prices at a 
something affordable, but it was not profitable, keeping them that low. But people also didn't have money. And it was just like a lot of things all at once. So I think, and then yeah. partially just too much, having too many people working on two. So then when we narrowed it down, I think it helped a bit. And we've actually kind of become then able to offer more services um, now because we've, we've just outsourced it. Um, to people that we're really confident in. We've been working with now for a couple of years. We're, they're very reliable. Um, it was just finding the right people, and that's key. Um, so key. <laughs> so key. And I just, you know, my whole thing was like, I want to provide opportunities for people, um, especially young people, because I, as a young person, I wanted this life right so i was just like well, yeah. let's recruit them yeah and then so that's that's good and bad right um i think that we just weren't at the capacity to take that kind of program on i think that that's great for people who are well equipped to you know transform young people and but it was just it was and i'm not saying that that was the only thing because it certainly wasn't it was just a lot of different things right. and so um, I think I had gone, me and my partner had gone home for Christmas and she was just like, uh, let's move to Thailand. And we were like a little bit tipsy. <laughs> but like, like, I mean, she saw how miserable I was. I mean, I mean, just, you know, it was noticeable at that point. And I was kind of, I thought about it and I was like, are you serious about it? And then I was like, let's just talk about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And we wake up and she's saying, the offer's still on the table. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll take this bus conversation and yeah, let's do it. So her apartment lease wasn't until April of last year. Okay. Um, so we waited, we waited a bit. Um, and cause I've been traveling before that too. Um, and, I think October 2020, I set out uh, with my friend uh, and we were just hopping around the U.S. Kind of like van life, but we were staying in Airbnb's and we were going for and they're not a van. Um, and so um, I didn't, I didn't have a lease or anything. That was like, yeah. that was the best thing I ever did was put, at the, at the turn of COVID, I put everything into storage and just started traveling. Um, and so then I didn't hide because I would my apartment was really expensive and things weren't getting like any better at that yeah. time. I was living in um, near Newport Beach in California. And so you can imagine how expensive that was. Oh, and yeah. so putting my stuff, just putting my stuff away was, was perfect. So we waited. And then April of last year is when we started traveling. Um, and I just, I had a mindset change when we got to Thailand. Um, and it wasn't any one thing that really, it was just, I knew, I, I, I was certain that success wasn't contingent on a lot of money. And as soon as I grasped that, because I was, I'm hanging at, you know, in Thailand, it's opposite schedule. So I would hang out at the beach all day. It was lovely. I'd go explore. And then by the time I'd have to hop on these meetings or prospecting calls or current client meetings or something, I just had the best day of my life. And so it made it a little bit better. And yeah. so, and I wasn't making a ton of money then, but I was really happy. And I think it just finally clicked. I was, I was just 
oh, that, well, then, like, everyone's been telling me this for years, and I, but I'm pretty hard-headed, so. Uh, I, you I, and me I both. Finally, yeah, I finally just got it, and then I, since then, and I hadn't even started scuba diving then. It wasn't until we went to Indonesia, we learned there. And then that just, because, you know, if you scuba dive, you, you go down and you're happy for like two days after the dive. And you're, and you're happy leading up to the dive too, because you're like, I get to dive. And then that was so yeah. awesome. I saw all the things. And so uh, it just shifted. And so how we conduct business shifted. And then who we were working with shifted. And it just, it kind of all fell into place. Um, Did it? Let me stop you there for a second. So when it shifted, you said, you know, your happiness shifted your, you know, who you focused on and, and your, your business, the people that you worked with shifted. Do you feel like the people that you started to work with shifted because they started to see, were you posting all of this on social media and, and promoting it, your, your new lifestyle and, and people started to follow that and really follow along and want to be included? Yeah. And partially, partially that. And I also think it was just, I was in a mindset to make a better decision of who we wanted to work with too. Awesome. Um, I think partially that I've had, since I've kind of shifted our content, because I also like, I don't know if you know this and I, I don't mean to diss anyone, but like people on LinkedIn, like being negative is not a content strategy. Like it's kind of funny like every once in a while but the people are just like you do this wrong and you do that wrong and and like i fell into this because i was just like no i don't want the service and, and i started building my my content kind of got like really negative and then when i post anything positive it's so like you could see through that right and so yeah. like if you have any takeaways being negative is not a content strategy and i say so often and I think people think it's being funny or playful, but I'm like, that, I mean, this does not make me more. And I think probably people's but me at one point. Um, but yeah, I think I was just, and I, I was clear to see things as they were. And I no longer needed to, uh, no longer needed to work with people that I didn't need to work with. Right. Yeah. So when you, you what did you have to do? Because I know for me, hitting the road my business partner is still in Michigan and you know was running the company while I was on the road along with me and but we had to do some big changes in our team and our our structure before I hit the road and you know part of it was COVID you know helped to make some of those those changes for us but did you have to make any big changes in your business model and you know even with your employees or anything else that you know before you went and hit the road remote yeah. Um, so during COVID, we had, or I, I guess it wasn't during COVID. It was that year after COVID. We had to lay a lot of people off because we just weren't making what we were making anymore. And that was, I think that ate it and that broke my heart. So that, I think that ate yeah. to me getting so like hostile towards, you know, business, I guess. Um, because I didn't want to do that. All right. So we changed it and we restructured it to where two people could handle it. And we went from a team of eight or a nine to two. So that was a huge thing. Um, and then yeah. um, before I went on the road, it was, we had restructured a little bit. I think we were back up to four, maybe four or five. Um, 
And so we constant we were constantly trying to restructure things to find that fine line of providing a really good service um, versus how many hours are spent. Because we were fo- at that point, we were focusing on LinkedIn. And I'm sure, you know, LinkedIn has cracked down on like, what you can do. Like, really, if you're using automation on LinkedIn now, like, I could luck. I, my, so my LinkedIn profile was uh, restricted for four months because they, wow. yeah, I had to like fight to, and the, the funny thing is it wasn't for automation. They thought that because all of our employees signed in on the same server. So we all had that same IP address because we're all like, we oh, log into the same. And so they thought we were like crossing over and pretending to be each other. And so once we got that cleared up, it was fine. But I, so many people are getting big people that have large followings are being taken off of LinkedIn right now, and you'll just see them disappear. And so if you're using automation now, but there's there's like you know if you're not using automation anymore, how is like a human going to keep up with what automation is doing and still be profitable? So we had like made that turn, and we had restructured our program, not really our people. Um, and then again, maybe six months ago, we, we took the marketing agency out of it and we just went strictly PR. Um, because we, we just was, I was going to ask you that. So, so you were, you were all inclusive marketing and then, you know, what marketing and really PR. You change? Okay. Yeah. And then um, do you just enjoy the PR aspect? Like, what was it about PR? You said, this is what I want to hone in on. Um, so I also had a role with marketing. Um, it's just, it's so saturated um, that I found it to, I just, that wasn't even the part of thing, like running paid ads and advertising and stuff like that wasn't what made me happy. What was making me happy was all of the things in PR. So I was just like, we did, I, I want to transition into that. If we get any requests for um marketing we have partners that we can you know be like hey but we know these really cool people so we've just kind of structured it like that now um but pr was a way to get people really good results how allow them to tell their story and and highlight their business without just all the backlash of marketing i guess and um, i felt like I, and I truly feel like PR, good PR, if you're doing PR right, because PR isn't just getting a feature in Forbes. It's so much more than that. Good PR is good marketing, is a marketing strategy. Um, and getting eyes on your business in that way is just as efficient. And it's, it, it honestly is more profitable for us too, um, because it doesn't take, we're, we're set up for it. And so it just, it wasn't taking as much time. So that's where we transitioned again. And so now we're just Maria Kelly PR. We left the marketing company white side up. We have great partners. Um, I just don't do that anymore. That's awesome. I love how, you know, I talk about this a lot. Like you have to go back to your why. You have to go back to your, like what makes you happy. And I want to dig more into your travels and what you've learned and all of that. But you know, focusing on one thing in the PR and, and what makes you happy. I, I feel like it also like that allows you to really communicate that with your audience too, and have so much more passion about helping who you're helping because you are happier yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I d- yeah, I think that I can get people better results and write their narrative down. Well, if I'm in a good headspace, you're going to get a, a great campaign, right? And I don't yeah. think that any any of any of my people suffered because I wasn't in a good headspace. Honestly, we have a whole like we have a content writer and who manages content writers, and so I didn't do much of that. But I think that just the shift in our work culture when I became more present in the company again, and and now I do. I love to work. So I love, I love getting out there. I love getting people placed in Forbes, although that is not all of it. Um, you know, I love, I love going out there and seeing emerge. We work a lot with emerging tech right now. Um, and so building that social first for them is exciting because they have these, there's so much technology out there. So we're cutting through that and, you know, it's exciting when someone wants to cover, cover that, or we can get them a byline article and make them look like an authority and you know it comes full circle and it's yeah. you know as you know being in the field anti content content right no it's so cool yeah. let's talk about pr I, I i like i said i want to go back to the lifestyle more um we'll do that here shortly but we, we started to talk about pr so let's really dig into it for those listening that don't really know what pr is let us give us your definition what is pr and why do we need to be really focused on it as a business Okay, so PR is public relations. And I think the best way to describe it is it is the way you tell your story and position it um, in front of your ideal target audience, right? So I think I said it a bunch, but I think the misconception is that PR is just getting media placement. Which is part of it. It's great because, right, you're you're in tech. You get featured in TechCrunch. That audience is going to, you know, now see that feature. It's going to come around. It's going to put eyes on it. That's great. But it's, it doesn't stop there. Um, I think that it, writing, helping emerging companies tell their story in a way. Because what, what am I trying to say? Helping them get a clear picture of who they are as a company and then putting that in front of their ideal target is, is PR. And they, how we do that is media placements, byline articles, and, you know, we can help with crisis management because that does happen more often than, you know, you say something wrong that you didn't mean and then cancel culture jumps in and, you know, and then you know, keynote speaking podcasts, um, getting the right eyes and ears on your brand. Um, and you right. We like to focus a lot on the personal brand too, because I think that if people can connect with you as the CEO or as the high up in the company, um, and kind of know you before they decide to work with you, it's really key. Um, and so I think that that's the importance of it. I think that a lot of people must think that they just want leads or they just want like sales and bits. And I think setting a really solid foundation and then keeping up that foundation is what PR does. And then what marketing, and then you go and, and then you also need marketing, but you can, it's a, I think people kind of mix match what each one is. 
Yeah. So would you say first to like, before you dig into the marketing or getting your name out there, you mentioned foundation. Is it first really just understanding your voice, understanding who you are, understanding, yeah. you know, who your customer is? Yeah, exactly. And especially, uh, you know, putting, putting all, all of that down on paper is like the first thing, right? And we do, we help people with pitch decks. We help people write um, different, you know, presentations, stuff like that. And then we also will help them get in front of investors if they're in seed round or something like that, where they're trying to fundraise. Um, and then we'll also, you know, once, once the funding happens, we'll announce the funding and then, you know, just go from there and then building out, building out the business journey, building out like where the CEO is, I guess keynote is great. Um, I am, we're a huge fan of booking keynote opportunities for people because I think once people speak or speaking, um, it's a really good way to get to know that person and people to connect on a more genuine level than just reading it in print or on a digital platform. And so right. people don't want to do that. Um, some people, so then we're like podcasts, some, some podcasts you don't have to be seen. So, um, but really just hitting, hitting all of those key areas and, and I think people think that they have to be established to do PR. Well, no, I think that you need to start, start now and then establish yourself and then we can explore different areas. And does it PR. change at all from say someone that's just starting a business and utilizing PR to like a medium sized company that you talk to for, to utilize PR or is it a lot of the same? Um, it is different. And how we yeah and so a smaller company would not need nearly as much um they typically well it would look it would look it would be the same tactic but it would look different for each company and okay. um, some of some smaller companies you know we wouldn't we wouldn't approach certain investors and we would be building out their social proof differently because we would be presenting them to probably a different category of people, if that makes sense. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So like a large, a large enterprise company's PR is going to be a lot more robust. Um, we focus on small and medium sized, but mainly small businesses. 11 to 50 is kind of our sweet spot. Um, and that's going to look like a completely different campaign than that. something enterprise is enterprise is just, they're going to have a lot more announcements. They're going to have a lot more, uh, eyes on them initially. Um, and so just managing that reputation is going to be a, a much more robust than a smaller business, but it's, it's the same, you know, core concepts. So someone like, let's just say like myself, I, I've got a podcast, I the owner of an agency. I, you know, do a lot of outreach on LinkedIn, but I don't post a lot. Um, you know, I don't post a ton on my other, on my other social channels personally. What, what would be one thing you'd recommend and say, Jim, you need to start doing today to really start to bring your brand to the next level? And um, I, I would, I would suggest LinkedIn. And um, as a small business, I, to me, I would I post a couple times a day. That's kind of a lot, but you can do just posting daily. 
Um, I get I get asked on podcasts through my LinkedIn. And um, I've been covered in the media on my LinkedIn. People reaching out about what I'm doing. And I think that that's when we had the LinkedIn PR program, although it just wasn't didn't end up being it was a really good program because it was like it was like PR light, right? You dipping your toes yeah. into the water PR. And we did it all through LinkedIn. And that's why we had that program. So I would say start on LinkedIn. I would start, uh, I would, I would build yourself a press page. And that's one way that we're able to really help um, the SEO side of things. We're not SEO. We don't do backend SEO, but um, we keyword optimize people's articles and press releases. We put it on their website. So that's another way that we're driving traffic. LinkedIn drives traffic. And then I would, you know, it's always, it's always nice to be published, but with your podcast, I'm sure that you're you're hitting a lot of more traffic through that um but yeah i i think that i would start with linkedin build yourself a press page uh yeah that's great advice what about like i've been featured on you know and and remote star nation for those of you in the same boat that's why i'm asking this like you know i've I've been published in certain articles and write-ups um newsletters uh i've been on other people's podcasts but I don't have it anywhere on for myself, you know, from a PR standpoint or even like a personal branding standpoint, should I have a landing page on my website that even on my Woodward Movement agency side, or should I put up my own website that just has, you know, jimdoyan.com or whatever it is that has all of this information? Of, of what you've been featured in? Yeah. Like yeah. even like, you know, hosting, like maybe the links on there or what, what would you recommend? Yeah, that's what we do for all of our clients is we, we either make a press landing page or we add a press tab to their existing website. I don't, I don't think I've seen your website, but I would, I would imagine you could just add a, a press page. Um, and yeah, you just consolidate all of that. We just got our, uh, the new website. So we're working on putting all of what we've been doing and up to, I've been on a couple of podcasts that I've guilty. I haven't updated it. But yeah, just have it there for everyone to see and it will help drive views um, because it, you know, when they put, when they put it on their website um, or people are going to your website, it's just, it's all working towards your brand's favor. Awesome. That's great advice. I appreciate that. So how does, I know one of the things that PR does is it, it helps to really create a stronger brand reputation. What are some of the ways that you would, would recommend, like, you know, with your brand that we, that you do, you know, want regular to, to really help with that brand reputation. With my brand. Yeah. Or even like for remote star nation who has a brand out there and they're, they're trying to build it. They've got, we've already talked about, you know, making sure that you've got your fundamentals, you've got, you know, your guidelines all laid out, you know, what your brand is. We talked about, you know, posting on, on LinkedIn, you know, what are we doing to create that, that brand reputation to make it stronger? To make it stronger. Um, I don't know that I understand the question. Is it? Sorry. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so you, you put everything in place, right? And nope. you're just looking to go out there and grab more opportunity and continue. I mean, I guess. My number one thing is continue to tell the same story. Don't, don't zero off. Just keep telling 
this positive story of your your brand and we keep it consistent like you don't want to be jumbled um and different so like you're on a podcast here you say something here and then you go on to a keynote here and you say something conflicting it's keep 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 that positive narrative and be consistent through whatever medium or channel that you're you're speaking on or you're on video or whatever just keep it keep it consistent um and uh make sure that you're keeping up with it right just make sure that it's it's in front of the right people um that's i i need to i need to be better about that because i have value so like and to making sure my clients do it you know you know it's funny like i've been preaching content 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 for five six years now and i just started a blog like two months ago Wow. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I always had my LinkedIn, my LinkedIn posts and stuff, but I was just like, I, I've been like shaming people. I didn't shame anyone, but I've been telling <laughs> people like how important it is to get their newsletters on it and their blogs and just have a bunch of content, have a press landing page and just all of this. And I was just like, okay. And then you go to my website and I don't have it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So That's... we're working on getting all of that stuff together now. Um, like, like a landscaper so that has you know is, is super busy and everybody's lawns look great but it's but their own right like their yeah, lawn exactly. looks, it looks a, horrible that's a, that's exactly what's happening and so but you know it's cool because we got we have about two thousand subscribers on our, the new our LinkedIn newsletter that we just launched and it's just been telling like the story um you know traveling and being a publicist and all of that and um. You know, it, it's great because I think that's the newest feature on LinkedIn right now. It's really so they're cool. Like, I check that out. They're promoting it. Yeah. And like, we're getting nice. like great eyes on it. And so, you know, and so no, in PR, one takeaway, you start PR, stay consistent throughout all of it. Because as soon as you lose consistency, it kind of all just crumbles. I um, mean, that's great I guess advice. that would be in that. And it, that's something it, that I struggled with a lot is consistency. So yeah, me too. I'm, I'm. That's a huge struggle with me. And let me ask you, like bringing that back to you know living on the road and constantly traveling. I know for me, the two years I was on the road, that was my biggest hurdle was being consistent. And it was like I get in the swing of things and I'm doing good. And then we go to the next place and you want to go out at night. You want to you know you want to explore exactly. the city. You, you want to spend time with your family. And at the same time, you're trying to work. It was very, very difficult for me. Do you feel like that might be something in your life too, of being on the road? Like, I guess we could talk all the perks and all the positive about, you know, being that, living that nomad lifestyle. I mean, to me, it was the greatest experience of my life so far, but other than my children being born, but on the flip side, I feel like that lack of consistency hurt uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely, I, I actually wrote a blog about that where I was, I just landed in Thailand and I was like, I love it here. And then it would be kind of night and I needed to work. And I was like, oh, I don't want to work right now. This is so great. Yeah. Let's stay out. And like finding a balance has been a journey in itself, right? Um, I think it's never been, I've always made sure prioritized my clients and make sure that they're like, I don't ever shuffle around meetings or 
Um, I make sure their stuff gets done. But when it came to my stuff and my own marketing, my own PR, stuff like that, it would, uh, I kind of let it fall to the wayside for a while. Yeah. And, and yeah. And then it's been, it's been a journey because I have that feeling like last night we went, um, no, wait, was it? Yeah. Last night we went for a dive at, uh, 3.30 and then we had to come back and work after that because we split it out so we could go and dive and then I was just like well but I want to go to happy hour and he's like you need to go back and finish your work and then I, I saw this morning that I had like two like potential client meetings and I was like okay good job going back to work nice <laughs> but yeah it is it yeah I, I get that on a core level what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced? Because you've been on, on the road now for just over a year, right? Um, yeah, just the, actually like four days ago, it was a year because I got an nice. alert on Facebook that I was on Singapore Airlines to Thailand. Awesome. So <laughs> what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges of being on the road? Um, so yeah, consistency is one of them. Uh, I would say internet. Um, just keeping on top of that. Uh, I yeah. found this like lovely co-working space here. Um, so I'm going to definitely take my Zoom meetings here no matter what. Uh, you know, I typically will have Airbnb hosts and meet speed temps. And, but then sometimes, you know, just like we get here and they're like, oh, well, they don't working on expanding the internet. So sometimes it just will randomly drop while you're on a meeting. But um, just making sure that I am prepared with internet um, is, you know, vital to what I do. Yeah. I also have a backup. I got like a local SIM here that has unlimited data just in case I have to do it on my phones. Um, and making sure that, you know, it's not too hot. My phone, my, uh, my Zoom meeting doesn't click on. Or one lady said my my uh, service was so bad that it was making her feel sick and dizzy. What? I'm saying that bad connection could do that, but okay. Um, and then uh, I guess just uh, you know not getting too caught up in, especially on opposite schedules. Right, right now yeah. I'm mountain standard time essentially uh so i am with i'm with the u.s right now yeah, but just especially nice. when when i'm not i just you know okay don't get well too lost in this moment you're not gonna have this life if you don't work <laughs> that's a good that's a good reminder to keep telling yourself what are yeah. some of the i know remote life for me opened up some opportunities and you know, I'd like to know some of the opportunities you've seen that being on the road has opened up for you and your business. Um, so I think that even if you don't want to travel, it opens up a lot more flexibility for people. Um, I think it opens up mental well-being too. Because um, I know that when I was commuting all those hours, I mean, maybe this is just more for people who live in California. But when I was commuting all those hours, like, you know, I felt I got home and I felt like I was just brain dead from just sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. Um, and then and then for the ones that do want to travel, I mean, it's been it changes your life in a positive way. Um, it's 
one of, I think it's probably single-handedly the best thing I've done so far in my life and probably will continue to be that way. Um, and as long as you are organized, stay consistent, um, you can live this, this awesome life with remote work. Um, not to, not to dis, and like, I have to remind myself, like, I'm not dissing anyone who does not work remote because I know that it does not work for everyone. And arguably the first couple of months, it didn't work for me. Um, but I, now that I've, I've gotten into the groove of it and kind of figured out why, you know, I think that it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, I agree with you so much. And, you know, to hit on your point about California and coming home and being brain dead. And, you know, I can tell you being in Michigan, which, which is where we were before we hit the road, like, you know, it was, it was go, go, go with, with work and then driving the kids from one activity to the next. And then it's like rinse and repeat doing the same thing the next day. And being on the road, like helped us as a family to reset and take a step back. And for me personally, it was such an incredible way. And to your point, like I found myself, I found me for me where you found scuba diving for me, it was mountain biking and it was my, it was my escape. It was where we started to travel. And it was, you know, something I did fun with my kids and like it was such a good way to relieve stress and i didn't have that when we were living the the sticks and bricks lifestyle like we didn't we did not i didn't have that escape and so i think there's so much good that comes out of traveling and i always tell people like if you're thinking about it make it happen like there's nothing like you know like it, it yeah there's always stuff that comes up there's always reasons why you shouldn't do it right like a ton of them yeah but yeah. it's so and, and it doesn't have to be permanent either. Like if you're afraid because you're like, oh, what if I don't like it? Well, then go home. Right. You know? So, and I went to like one, I don't know if you did this, but I, I just packed up everything and put it in storage. Did you guys, did you yeah, guys we, do the same? Or we knew we were going to leave. We, were, we knew we were going to move to Salt Lake from Michigan. That was like our ultimate plan from the start. And what happened was we, we were going to just do like a three-month trip. And then COVID happened. We decided to go for a year. Nine months came around. We were like, this is the best experience we've ever had. This is so incredible. But we feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. Let's keep going yeah. for another year. And so what we did like before we even left is we sold a bunch of stuff, sold our house, and the things that we thought we want to keep, we, we sent out to storage. Now, doing it all over again, I think we would have sold everything and got rid of everything. But one thing I want to hit on, and I wanted to ask your opinion on this, uh, you, you said, you know, just do it. You could always come back. I know for us, like we hit a point a couple months in where we were like, did we make the right choice? Should we go back home? Because all of a sudden you start to see all the things that could go wrong going wrong. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. So I, I, I do think it's important to set yourself like, hey, I'm going to try this for X amount of time and, you know, sticking with it until that. So then it's like, no matter what happens, you're going to get over it. But I think in the moment, people forget that they can overcome it. Yeah. So with us, I got lucky because we got this killer villa with like a pool and like just a bunch of space. The internet was great in Thailand. That's where we landed. And we stayed in Thailand for 90 days. Um, so it was like really laid back. So then we were just like, oh, we could do this forever. Because I'm traveling with my partner. And she was a principal there. 
for four years and then wow. we met when she had come back but so she knew everything about Thailand like where to eat where like all of this so I got kind of like boiled and like wow. this digital nomading it's great so then fast forward we get to Indonesia and it, no like <laughs> I, I, I would feel really really bad fitting this and I encourage everyone to go to Indonesia it's beautiful but they were just opening up after COVID. It was very clear that the government had not supported people there. Um, and so it was just completely chaotic and like stores weren't stocked. And um, you could tell that just like people ran out of money and it, it, it was hectic. And I, I didn't know even how to react really. So. And I felt I felt so so bad. And so then we had we had gotten a digital nomad visa for there for six months, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. we'd stayed in Nusa Dua, which is typically like a very like nice nice place in Bali. And uh, I was like, okay, let's like rethink this. I I'm, I don't think I can do this for much longer. And then we had gone up to uh, Ubud. And the trash there was insane. And I was like, okay, I don't know that I want to like post up here either. So then that's what we ended up finding the tiniest island off of the island of Lombok. Um, I kid you not, they don't have motorized vehicles there. They pick you up in a horse and carriage. Oh, wow. And yes, and it was, it was crazy. You know, it, it was nuts. You could walk around the whole island in like 45 minutes. Um, but they had the best wife on it in Indonesia. Which was, you know, interesting. We, yeah, as long as we didn't let our SIM cards run out, okay. Okay. which I did a couple of times. <laughs> so there's another challenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so, and we ended up just going there, and that's where we learned to dive. And we dove three times a day, probably for three weeks. And um, so and then. And then, so that panic of like, oh my gosh, we made the wrong decision because that panic was there when we got to the first couple of places in Indonesia, um, kind of dissipated. I was still like, hey, maybe I don't want to be here forever. Like the, the six months, I think we left after a couple. Um, and then we hit, we hit Europe where uh, we hopped around a lot and that came with its own set of problems. Um, and that was really stressful. I think we did like all of Italy. We went from like, oh, we got into Rome and then we went down to Amalfi and then up to Venice all in one week. And, um, yeah. As you're trying to also run your business. Yeah. I, I lost my mind. Um, and so then, so then we were like, okay, we need to stay at least two weeks. And then now my role is a month. It's non-negotiable. Um, and then we get places like Rotem that we just saw in my and then we just extended another month. So we'll be here two months. Maybe we we could be here till July, maybe. We're we're gonna go watch the manta ray migration in the Maldives. Oh, cool. It's on shoulder season. So uh if it's not high season, the Maldives is not expensive. It's crazy. I have no idea. We signed an Airbnb for a month for sixteen hundred dollars in the Maldives. Wow! But it's kind of so. What brings the manta ray in is like the the monsoon. 
the monsoon. So it's going to be like very rainy, but I was like, okay, but you get to swim with 300 manta rays. I think that is pretty cool. It's yeah. So, um, so yeah, after in that, so after Europe, I was also questioning whether we made the right decision. Um, I had gotten really good at just, you know, getting my laptop out of room trains and, you know, um, making sure I think I had, ha- I had kind of the slow down before we went there and then I kind of just applied it, but I was like, this tactics and it, it's been a journey. And there's been times where I was like, wow, we, what are we doing? Um, right. now it's just all like smiles and giggles though. We've got it down. That's awesome. And I love. You said something, and I want to kind of bring it back to, you know, what, what helped me to stay more consistent and, and get my life, you know, get it in line is I, I finally hit that, that stage where I was like, we can't, we have to stay at least two weeks somewhere. You said it was non-negotiable. You, you made a decision one month. And I feel like for those of you remote start nation that are thinking about doing what, what I did and what Maria is doing, give yourself time because you are going to want to explore you're going to want to submerge yourself in the culture. You're going to want to do some cool stuff while you're there. And if you're rushing, 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 you're going to, you're, it's, you're going to miss out somewhere. So it's either your business or your work-life balance. You're, you know, really trying to live your lifestyle at the place you're at. Like it's not going to happen. So I, I, it's a definitely a commonality I saw with both of us that okay. we hit that where it's like, all right, we know, we know how long we need to stay somewhere to, to make this work. Yeah, and I think I think certain personalities like ours, that's just always going to be the struggle, right? I think that there are personalities that are like perfectly cut out for this because, you know, getting the work done is is just you know their first nature, the first thing they're going to think about. And I think I'm not that person, so I train myself. Yeah. But I think probably more people exist on that other side of things that would really thrive. Yeah, from the get go, I, I, I think I'm with you there. It, it doesn't, yeah. it's not conducive to my, my mindset. That's for sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm so ADHD uh, and like, and with that kind of, kind of like some compulsive thing. So I'd really like had to be like, okay, like, no, no, you, you need to sit down and do this. But it, it actually made me a stronger person. I think, uh, I think that not only. Because, you know, you can get happier and feel like and just be completely all over the place. So I yeah. think that I not only got happy, but I got into habits that are healthy, like, you know, then, you know, because one extreme is scuba diving the whole time and not and not getting the work done is equally unhealthy as yeah. working too much. And so, you know, finding that balance has been great. Well, I'm glad you found it. And I'm, I'm so excited you got to share your journey with us. And, you know, before, before I let you go here, uh, let people know, number one, where can they follow you on your journey? Um, yeah, so I, you can just go out and follow me on LinkedIn. I think that that's, I have the most, like, about this journey specifically on there. Just Maria and Palais. Cool. Um, and then I have some Edwin Instagram and stuff that I post on every once in a while um and then i have the wander days uh instagram then it just travel but if you want to see the travels you can go there awesome and then as far yeah. if someone wants to connect with you on on your services uh where can they find you there should they same thing go to your linkedin and 
go from there. Yeah, or... either LinkedIn or Maria Maria PR dot. That's me now. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, one last question before I let you go. If there's one thing you want to make sure that entrepreneurs out there leave with today and, and can either put in their business right away or just something you wanted to think about, what would it be? Um, I think that this is more probably for entrepreneurs that are just getting started. It's success is relative and you can create your own success and what makes you feel successful. And it's not like what is working or what is making one person feel something is not necessarily going to be fulfilling to you. Um, so just stay true to that and um, find what works for you and what makes you feel successful. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you could yeah. be on the beach Thank right so now much. or, or working, but you, you got to hang out with us. So I appreciate it. And uh, it's great meeting you. It's great meeting you too. Well, Remote Start Nation, I hope you learned as much as I did today and put some of what Maria shared with us to work for you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining us on this journey as we help you to start a business, grow your brand, and live your desired lifestyle. Remember to leave a comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share this episode with your community who you think could learn from what you heard today. Until next time, go start something, start it today, and go build a lifestyle you desire by taking action. We've come to the end of another episode. I want to thank you for allowing me to share my passion of bringing people together through business and branding in hopes to connect you with your community. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Woodward Movement, the leader in brand identity, branded merchandise, and brand delivery. Check out our remotestartpodcast.com for more episodes and our social channels to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic free resources to help you build a strong community for your business. I'm Jim Doyon. Thank you for connecting.